episode of Brain Doodles. You are joined today by, let's start with Dr. Cowart. Hey, Dr. Rachel Cowart here, the research director of Take This uh, and author of several books on games and mental health, most recently video games and well-being. And that was a hand gesture for me to speak. Um, I'm Dr. Kelly Dunlap. I'm a clinical psychologist practicing in Maryland. Uh, I also teach game design at American University. Uh, and I, oh, I work for Take This too. Yes, I am the program manager for, uh, for Take This for our streaming portion of things. That's it. And I'm Dr. Sarah Sawyer, I'm the content manager for Take This. I also do private practice in the Seattle area, which is now completely via Cyborg Computer. And uh, I also am an advisor for the Leyline Geek Therapy Certification Training Program um, and do all kinds of other things for geeks like us, like this podcast and Thuppence streaming on Thursdays. So we are missing our dear captain of our ship, Dr. Megan Connell, today as she attends to Family Matters. But uh, rest assured that so far, knocking on wood, no one has COVID. So at least we have that to be thankful for. So today, on our rudderless ship without a captain, we will be just discussing general topics that are on our mind. Uh, but first, I want to hear what's everybody playing. Oh, Animal Crossing. Can't get enough. Uh, Although, this weekend, I have a scheduled date via internet with my brother and his wife and me and my husband to play Gloomhaven for the first time. Tell me about that. What is that? Gloomhaven is a game that was kickstarted. Like, I think mm -hmm. I watched a review and a brief tutorial to get an idea of what I was getting into. And I think the best way to describe it is like D&D &D on Rails. So it's a dungeon mm -hmm. crawler and you have character cards and spell cards. So it's kind of like, you know, scaffolded D&D. &D. Very cool. Yeah, I'm excited. It should be great. That'll be fun. I need to schedule something like that with my family. Well, I have been playing a ton of video games, which makes me just so happy. I mean, I, again, I'm not one of those cheesy, like, look for the silver lining kind of things, but I am of the mind of like, find the good in whatever you can. So uh, I have been playing Stardew Valley. If I Yay. were one to say I was addicted, I would say so, but because that's not a thing, I'm not going to say it. Um, yeah. I am, I am crushing through it, possibly grinding, not sure which, but Shane is my boyfriend. Shane, so. you Shane. went for Shane. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I know. I, like, wow. <laughs> it's going to sound so pathetic, but he was the first one who offered. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? You ain't so anyway. nobody's leftovers. You are the sought after, my friend. That's right. I am. I am the main slice. Love so it. I'm doing that on my mobile. So that way, like when I'm in between clients or like just resting in bed or whatever, I, I do that. And then uh, my husband and I completed Full Metal Furies, which again, nice. fantastic co-op. If you, I think I've always said it's like a Castle Crashers, but good. So like, it's a really, really great game. The, the amount of like depth and meta in that game, like you think it's a side scroll kind of shooter action co-op. It is so much more. There are levels. This is an onion and it just, it just go and go. It's so good. Onion. So good. Um, and then, on Sunday, I got to play Sea of Thieves for six hours wow. with my friends. That's like amazing. I took my son out. I had him um, basically do sprints around the yard for like 20 minutes <laughs> to tire him out. And then he kind of just like went off into a spare bedroom and zoned out on his tablet for those six hours. 
that's fine. I don't care. Yep. Uh, there was this wonderful mental health minute that told me not to worry about screen time. So <laughs> hey. not. But like it was this epic thing because there's um, in Sea of Thieves, there's like these extra big adventures called Tall Tales, which are, you know, just big quests that you go on and you get cool loot. And so that Tall Tale took forever, but we took down the final boss. It was me and my crew of three guys and we had my ship, my purple Kraken ship. And, uh, you know, we were like doing this epic adventure and then, you know, it gets around dinner time. Like, okay, so we have all this loot my friends volunteered to go turn it in for me. So my husband and I could go upstairs and like feed our child, you know, that's kind of something that we have to do every now and then. And while we were upstairs thinking about what to do for dinner, we heard the, uh, the Kraken music start playing. Cause we left our Xboxes on so they could go turn in the loot and we would still get credit. So we're upstairs and we're like, Oh no. And so we run downstairs and then we help them slay the Kraken and get, you know, the stuff that they need to where it needs to go. And my friends were like, so it was my husband and I and then two of our friends and they're like yeah thanks so much for coming back <laughs> leave no sailor behind and so that was like such a highlight I was just oh riding that high um for so long because I mean playing with my friends epic adventures epic wins mm-hmm. fighting krakens it was it was great that's awesome that sounds amazing it does I've been playing Animal Crossing also. My wife is currently out in the living room playing it and I we are just to the point where our neighbors are moving in and she's like, who is this Annabelle? Why did you invite her here? I didn't know we were getting a neighbor. Like, betrayal. Um, but uh, I was excited to meet Annabelle on an abandoned island because she was very sweet and pro-mental health, so I was all for it. Um, so I think she'll like her when she meets her. Uh, otherwise, I've been playing, I'm going to get the name wrong, so I'm going to look it up on my phone, Nico Atsume, the one where you have the yes! yard and the cats. Yeah. Yes! And you just check in on it and you take pictures of them and then you have like a, a kitty photo book and that's it. And it's really simple. And, and you can you can upgrade their scratching posts and make yep. sure they get the high quality cat food. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sashimi all day, man. I'm there for it. <laughs> that doesn't uh, sound like my kind. <laughs> no it's just a you literally like play it for no more than three minutes at a time like that's the most time you spend on it it's like a 30 second game every once in a while is there a dog um, it reminds me a lot no i wish there was i was looking i know it it's like a, a neopet yeah it's a neopet but if if you don't tend to it it doesn't die and it doesn't leave poop behind it's just not there because cats are fickle <laughs> otherwise i got a new puppy furiosa and so I've been playing with her. It's just not a game. That's just life. <laughs> and going outside every two hours, which is questionable in this day and age. But gotta do what you gotta do. I knew the puppy's very cute. She's gonna be big. Yeah. Big, big. So yeah. What you noodling on? Tell me what you're noodling on. Hmm. Well, I mean, top of mind, as always on our Tuesdays, I have class tomorrow. <laughs> I am not nearly done with my prep for class tomorrow. That's okay. Um, but yeah, this, this week we're talking about motivation and emotion. So just focusing in on that, um, going back and looking through previous notes and other presentations I've given, like went back and looked through a lot of really um, great GDC talks in the vault. So stuff by Nick Yee, um, Mostly there was the 2016 Jason Vandenberg one, but I have feels about that. So I'm probably going to leave 
leave it out <laughs> to be, to be completely honest. Uh, yeah. So just kind of focusing on that of like, you know, basically the psychological underpinnings of motivation and then how we're, how we can transition that to design spaces and, you know, what is it like to have those different kinds of, um, processes on players, what it's like for designers. And I continue to stream it on, uh, on Mixer. So that's been a fun experience. That's, this will be my third or fourth class now, just live streaming the content. So as long as my university doesn't hunt me down and murder me for, you know, giving away content that my students are paying an obscene amount of money for, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Is there going to be a little SDT in that lecture? Just a little. Imagine that. Um, one of the things that I do intend to bring up is like, I never learned about SDT when I was in doctor school. Like I spent mm -hmm. five years learning about human behavior. Yeah. Never heard of SDT. Go to one game dev conference and you would think that it was God's gift. Well, and that is one of the reasons, one of the reasons I'm not including that Jason Vandenberg one is because he literally says in the middle of his, of his talk that SDT is the most important framework psychology has ever created. I'm like, no, honey, mm -mm. Okay. maybe to games. So, and I get that. Like, I, I love, I love me some SDT. Yeah. I'm just saying. So okay, uh, SDT is self-determination theory. Thank you. Yes. Um, I was like, <laughs> as a doctor of psychology, yes. I've never heard of SDT. Um, it is self-determination theory. And it was first applied to video games in the early 2000s, I think. Um, but it didn't really gain popularity for a few years after that. Because when I was also doing my PhD, granted motivation wasn't my area of expertise, but it wasn't really talked about. But now if you talk about UX everywhere. or anything like that, it's everywhere. That's uh, the idea that a good game is designed to tap into three primary psychological motivations of feeling autonomous, feeling competent, and feeling related to your characters. Um, so when you talk about motivation, of course, that's the first thing that comes to mind because now that is like, I'm not going to say it's the most important framework ever in psychology because I don't agree with that, but it is very important when it comes to game design and understanding motivation. Yep. So they're going to get a nice heaping dose of self-determination theory. I'm also going to go into um, the big five. So in personality psychology, talking about... <sighs> Yeah, openness, <laughs> conscientiousness, jam, extroversion. That's my specialty. If you need Agreeable a guest speaker, I'm here. You're welcome. If you're free, five thirty to eight tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah, that's Eastern time, so that's might be a little tough. No. But basically, talking about how the Big Five, like what it is in psychology, and like how that transitions into game design, and of course, that's Nikki's work. That is. I, I should felt like I should just stream his GDC talk. Yeah. Like, literally, mm -hmm. that's pretty much what I'm going to be doing. But uh, like breaking it down and maybe making it a little less statistical heavy um, mm -hmm. because that's not my students' jam. Um, going to talk about how the Myers Briggs is a dumpster fire, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Just Myers Briggs, and I'm going to put it on a flaming dumpster, and that's going to be a slide. And uh, yeah, <laughs> then I'm also going to talk about uh, pens, the psychological emotional mm, needs need something. Yes. And need satisfaction. Cool. Dang, Rachel. I know. It's like we're it's like she's a researcher or something, you know. Almost as if. Almost. What? <laughs> no. Yeah. Rachel's she an amazing. Um, but yeah, the, the pens is a measure of like specifically designed based on self-determination theory to assess like the psychological needs being met during gameplay. And it was created by the guys who did the first transition from SDT into games. So it's actually, um, I think they have like 12,000 uh, user points on it at it's this point. Big. And then Nikki's work, yeah, Nikki's work I think has 400,000 yeah. data points. Yeah. It's uh, it's really intense. Colossal. Um, and really, really cool. It is really cool. 
that's gonna super be super nerdy. One. Yeah. Well, we should talk because I am free because Wednesdays are my day off. Uh, well, come for work those... for me. <laughs> well, the, for those who aren't indoctrinated, I you know this would be a fun thing to mention, anyways. My uh, dissertation, and I want to hear about your dissertations briefly after I tell what mine is. <laughs> Kelly's already cringing. Uh, was about the Big Five and to see if there were commonalities between players who favor the same first-person adventure and story-driven game avatar. So if people who like Link have things in common, I, I hypothesize people who like Lara Croft have things in common. And then I also made them answer what they thought the personality of the avatar was. Um, so I didn't have enough people. I didn't. I didn't have ye strength of study to give conclusions other than a lot of straight white dudes like Link, and uh, uh, there is data that suggests that there is potential that Lara Croft is favored by pretty much everybody, but um, and everybody thinks that John Marston is the most middle of the road, boring personality character there is. So that's what I have to tell you. <laughs> I like him. Yeah, he's pretty, he's very stable, very stable guy. Hmm. Yeah. Kelly. For the big five. Rachel, what was yours? <laughs> Your dissertation. Oh, it was yeah. a nightmare. No, um, my dissertation was about uh, video games and social competence. So I looked at the um, anecdotal claim that people who play a lot of online video games somehow lose offline social skills because they are interacting mm -hmm. for extended periods of time online. So I looked at the relationship between online video game involvement and social ability in terms of social skills. Uh, TLDR, uh, no real big social skill profile difference between people who play online games, people who play exclusively offline, and people who play no games at all, with the exception of one skill called emotional sensitivity, which is associated with shyness. So really people who are shy may have more of a desire to play online games, which makes sense because online games have a lot of social accommodations, et cetera, et cetera. But there is no evidence to suggest that playing extended periods of time in an online game leads to an atrophy of any sort of offline ability. Hmm. Cool. Take that. That only took yeah. you know, six years to do, but that's it in, you know, 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> you got it done. You're a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Kelly? So unsurprisingly, mine was also on video games and mental health. <laughs> and it was looking at mediating and moderating factors. So I made a survey, like I coded it from scratch. I got about 300 people to take it. And in the survey, they took the big five, so the personality inventory. They also took the STAXI, which is the state trait anxiety scale, and the STI, the state trait uh, anger inventory. They also took the Beck depression inventory. And I think that was it. So there were a lot of questions. It was long, um, but they did a really great job. And I did pre and post. So over the span of a month, had about, did all, all that work. And to try and see like, okay, most of the research when I was back in my day, most of the research was like cross-sectional, like at this point in time, mm -hmm. this is what we're seeing. And then what I found, one, there was no trend over a month. So I know a month is not a huge amount of time, but there was no change in like states or anything like that that was significant. Um, what I did find out that was the most interesting things to me was one, gamers or people who identified it by gamers by taking this um, were incredibly normal on the big five it's not they, they weren't more neurotic they weren't less agreeable the only place that they had a significant difference was in openness to new experience and they were uh, quite a bit more open to new experiences than than the the norm that the big five was normed on 
And that makes a lot of sense when you think about if you're a game player, you have to learn new systems and new button mapping and new stories and new characters. And you have to be willing to go and be creative and, and immerse yourself in these different areas. So I thought that was really cool that, yeah, you're completely normal. You're just more likely to try new things. That's a nice frame on that. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing I found was that the amount of time you played and what you played had absolutely no impact whatsoever on the outcome of your, on your mental health state. What mattered was why you played. So if you played to relax, no, there were no issues with depression, anxiety, anything like that. If you were playing so that you didn't have to confront the issues of the day, like real stuff, then there were problems. If you were doing it to like um, stress relief, that was fine. If you did it in place of therapy, that was not fine. Um, and the last one is if you played games with your friends and that was one of the reasons you, you enjoyed it, great, kudos, you're doing really great. If the only place you had social, on, social interaction was online for whatever reason, that was a flag that there was gonna be a mental health issue too. So can't say one led to the other, but those were kind of the clusters. So it was more about why you're playing um, that really, really mattered. And gamers are not evil, homicidal, or somehow messed up. So yay! Hooray! That's a, that's a really good point too um, for those listening who are interested in game studies research. The fact that for a decade or more, it was how much time do you play? How many days a week do you play? And that was your level of involvement or immersion. And now we have a much better understanding that it's Kelly was saying, it's the reason why you play. Are you playing to satisfy some kind of something that you're lacking in your life? Are you playing just because your friends down the street play? Are you playing because you're social distancing and Sarah has a great island? <laughs> By the way, returning to Animal Crossing briefly, I got to play Animal Crossing with Sarah for like a hot minute and my daughter, she's five, was there. And every day now she asks if Sarah's going to be her friend and if Sarah's going to come visit her island Aww. and she wants to see Sarah and like, can you call Sarah and can she be friends with me? And it's so sweet. Yes. Yeah. I yes. Know. I know. That's the face I make. Kelly, you can't see <laughs> listeners. I'm sorry, but it's very sweet. It's very sweet. <sighs> my heart's a flutter. I know. Yeah. Just like when we, we have to do fossil assessments. <laughs> There's a character in the game, the owl, uh, who you have to bring things to his museum and you, you bring him a fossil and you're like, check out and tell me what this fossil is. He's like, my heart's all a flutter. Yep. Yeah. The, the owl's okay. funny. So he, he's, he's the Gunther of... Yep. So pretty close crossing. to that. I yep. don't know why I can't think of it in this moment, but <laughs> and when he when you talk to him during the day, he's an owl, so he's asleep, right? So he goes, Hoo hoo, and you like you wake him up. My daughter goes, You gotta take the fossil to Blathers. Don't worry, he's not really yelling at you. He's just sleeping. <laughs> That's his name, Blathers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Well, yeah, my husband we'll take my husband sent oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. My husband sent me an article, I think it was on Polygon, and it was about how like Animal Crossing is the game that we need right now and like why it's so comforting. And he sent it to me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'd read that. And he's like, well, you know, we we don't have a Switch and we don't have Animal Crossing, but I, I kind of feel like given your profession, this might be an important uh, research tool that you should, you know, order. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So I'm, I am looking into possibly yeah. somehow obtaining said thing for research purposes of, of course. course of course um but then i'll have stardew and animal crossing and i think that might be a little too much farm sim in my life oh, we'll, we'll see just enough farm no sim. just no enough. such thing <laughs> no 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 also you can get breath of the wild which is glorious Ooh. i've not played that want to i haven't Amazing. played it either that is 
blasphemy. I know. But you know what? Before we take a break, which I know we're going to in a minute, I'm talking a lot about Animal Crossing, but in three days, the Final Fantasy VII remake is coming out, and that's all you're going to hear me talk about for like the next that's okay. month or two. Just It's exciting. Yeah. Woo! I talked about Final Fantasy in my class last week because I was giving examples of games that use amnesia. And so I just kind of listed all of the Final Fantasies. True. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> what about The Room? The Room uses amnesia. It's just called The Room. It's a puzzle game. Oh, the yeah. Yeah, I actually want to do that as the game that we played mm. in class. In class. Um, but it won't work on a Mac. So. Not even through Steam? You need, nope. It'll do PC on Steam. It won't do Mac, but it will do iOS. So I ended up playing Papers, Please, um, oh. because last week's class was all about like attention and orientation and cognitive load. And I, for a game that I have played and beat previously, I failed out on the second level. And mm. so I was a little bit embarrassed. Um, yeah. But as every consummate professional, I turned it into a learning moment, a teaching opportunity where I was like, okay, so... I have failed out on the second level. Let's take a look at the interface and see what's going on. Why am I missing? Like there yeah. is giant, a giant red button down here. Why did I not see the giant red button? Oh, it's because my attention was allocated in this direction, which I was told was important and down in there, nothing has ever happened. So I was not looking at it. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I was like, yes, I meant to do that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course you did. That was intentional. Sounds right to me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, with that, we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back to discuss more random excellence. Curious about the psychological effects of time travel? Want to join in on Harry Potter trivia? While watching stupid people play games, that wasn't very nice, but I'm saying it anyway. Come join Thumpence on Thursday at our Geeks Like Us Twitch stream from 9 to 11.30 EST at night. We'll have a good time. We want to hear what you have to say. Other fun things. Megan's looking at me like I'm doing a decent job. Enjoy brain noodles. And we're back. So let's keep talking about games that we're noodling on, games we're playing, and things we're doing. I know that Kelly had an idea about something to talk about, so I'm going to hand it off to you. Yes, during our commercial break, uh, I was reminded of uh, Dr. Ryan Kelly, who is currently playing through Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. And he was playing it on the Geeks Like Us channel and it was live streamed, which was wonderful and fine. And I was like, oh, I'll just tune in. Why not? You know, I've played that game. I really enjoy it. You know, and if he's going through, I'm sure there's going to be like a psych angle to it. So great, great. Why not? It was one of the most painful experiences of my life. Oh. Why? <laughs> it hurt so bad. What did, what did it I hurt? Came in, I, what what like, was it was like Twitch plays Pokemon oh. uh, to like the 10th degree of awful. Because <laughs> one, cause one, they're on Twitch. So it wasn't entirely his fault. They're on Twitch, which means there's at least a 30 second delay. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm like, stop, turn right, it's almost a minute late because by the time I see it and then he gets my message back, there's a huge delay. And so it was this comedy of errors. He's trying, it was in the, like the first levels. He's trying to figure out, um, for anybody who's played, he was at the section of Valravin when you're trying to like arrange the ravens to unlock that, that first gate and was running around in circles. And I mean, it, it's a complicated setup. The game gives you pretty much no instructions whatsoever. Uh, it doesn't tell you how to use the buttons or really anything, but that's kind of by design. 
it's supposed to be complicated and confusing. Life doesn't come with a manual and neither does this game. And so I started watching and it was, it hurt. And so I started helping. And so I'm like typing in the chat and apparently the Geeks Like Us stream has a delay on it that you can't post more than, uh, more than every three seconds, mm -hmm. which became a hindrance. And you can't repost the same thing you just posted. So mm -hmm. if I'm writing, right, right, right. And I was like, nope, nope, no. Oh, and no. so I think, I think I was with them for two to two and a half hours just trying helping him helping him get through and it's amazing to the credit we got through Valraven and I helped him get back to that main room and then he went into cert and I made sure that he knew what he needed to do for cert and then I went to bed because it was like midnight and I wanted to go to bed hours ago <laughs> but I just I couldn't I couldn't leave him just I couldn't let him what am I here it was like nope <gasps> the tree the tree is a bridge the tree is a bridge no not that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and it was uh also confusing because uh, my handle when i stream is hey dr k and my name is kelly and of course at his clinic people call him dr k because yep. he is technically dr kelly dr ryan mm -hmm. kelly and so it was a little confusing in the chat sometimes when people were, were talking um but other than that yeah it was um <laughs> that's him telling I himself wanna... to go right a minute delayed what a comedy <laughs> yeah or like I was saying something and someone was like, yeah, Dr. K, that's, you know, thanks so much for that input or perspective or like way to figure it out. And he was like, yeah. And the person was like, no, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to her. <laughs> um, oh, no. But it was really great. He's still going through. And yeah, it's a, I kind of want to go back through and, and play it now. But maybe, oh. maybe for the Take This Charity stream that's coming yeah. up on the 30th. Yeah. We'll talk more about that soon. I'm excited about yes, this year. All right. Yes. Yes. It's going to be awesome. April 30th. Mark your calendars. If you're listening. I know I'm trying to figure out what to talk about. I am super stoked. I'm going to be on a stream for Team Kitty TV uh, tomorrow from 1 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern featuring women streamers and women generally talking about various topics like esports mostly. Um, marketing, branding, makeup, graphic design, health, oh, wow. all kinds of things. So I'm going to be on talking about mental health and, and gaming light. So I got to figure out what I'm going to cover in an hour with a half an hour of content. Well, but I wait, feel what? like that's a very broad, yeah, because it'll be like intro, outro, and then some questions. So I have to build oh, out 30 okay. minutes of content. Um, and I feel like a common thing that, like, I certainly know I, you guys guest on stuff all the time too, and like, have done a wide array of different topics and discussions. And so it's like, what to talk about when and with who and where and how. It's always a thing that is a debate. You gotta cater to your, to your audience. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you have an idea of who your audience is, or kind of the tone of what the other presenters might be sharing. Like I'll go mm -hmm. back and look at other presenters' streams and things like that um, to get a sense of what's gonna be appropriate and what's not. I mm -hmm. tend to aim super general, mm -hmm. uh, unless I like in my game design class, I'll you know do, do deep cuts. Yeah. But I find that like, just like therapy, 90% mm -hmm. of the time, it's just like psychoeducation. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like debunking of myths, reinforcing of facts and helping people to like separate out.
those mm-hmm. kinds of things, whether it's game related, whether it's mental health related, just that dispelling of, of myth and stigma, I would say is like 90% of the dog and pony show. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And thankfully, like, I, I know that different streams, different podcasts, different things that I've been on over time, some people are better preppers than others. Like GamerDoc arranged some of this uh, with uh, Team Kitty. And so GamerDoc put together a bunch of questions um, and thought starters. And it's like, I always appreciate that because then I know what the heck I'm getting into uh, where like, how do you relate to the topic? Why does this matter to the community? Those kinds of things. Um, and that's always like twofold because I don't know, I'll, I'm curious about you guys because I, I feel like we get put in this predicament a lot, but like, and I don't feel this way about the thing that I'm doing tomorrow, but generally, like where's the boundary between clinical advice and then general PSA um, and psychoed? Because it's like, there's such a fine line sometimes. So I had this very real conversation with myself when I was doing prepping for my class. Cause mm-hmm. the first week was about depression. The second week was about anxiety. The third week was about psychosis. And then just last week we were talking about like memory issues and amnesia. And so there's this idea of, okay, well, where is the line? What do people need to know? And what can I give them with the caveat that I am a licensed provider? Mm-hmm. And so I usually do the blanket CYA statement at the very start of things and post it throughout wherever I'm sharing is that I'm a licensed provider, but I'm not, you know, I'm a therapist, but I'm not your therapist. Mm-hmm. And so if you have issues, worries, concerns, like you should, you should talk to someone. I am not that someone. I can give you resources and I can make um, suggestions on how you can find help and where you can go, but I am not your support. Like I'm not your therapist is usually what I just end up saying. And actually in my stream last week, someone, I was talking about memory and difficulties with concentration, specifically around uh, autism and the inability or the difficulty with being able to like differentiate noise from the background and how that kind of functions. And someone in my chat was like, Hey, I've had that problem. What should I do? I'm like, well, if you're concerned, you should go talk to a a physician. Either you can go to a a medical doctor and they can do like a hearing screening test. You can also go to a mental health provider to possibly do something related to maybe neuropsych testing to just see what's going on. If you have concerns, you know, there are avenues to to go to. And so that's kind of how I think about it is it's about providing resources, um, even providing recommendations on how to get those resources. But I would never, well, I don't want to say never because that's absolute black and white thinking, which is not... (laughs) not something that I want, I want to practice. Um, but like, there's a line between, Hey, yeah, you should definitely go try out this different, this kind of medication at this dosage versus, Hey, you know, mindfulness has been shown to be really effective for people working with anxiety. Here are some resources if you'd like to do some more information. Yeah. I think it's important to very specifically be like, go seek out a professional and, and not just take what I have to say. I am not a licensed professional. I do have a master's degree in counseling and a PhD in psychology, but I'm not a licensed practitioner. And I was doing a stream within the last month. And one of the opening questions was um, people are quarantined now and they're feeling really anxious and they're feeling really stressed and they're feeling really, you know, maybe depressed. Like when is too much? When do they need to see a professional? And I was really caught off guard by that question because it wasn't given to me ahead of time. And I was just like, uh, if you feel like you're having a hard time, or even if you're not, because therapy is great for everyone, you should go see a professional. Like I am not the one to tell you where your line is. Everyone is different. Um, so I think it's just about being really clear. Like if you even have it in your head that maybe you should see a professional, 
do it. I, I cannot answer these questions for you, but I, like Kelly said, I can give you resources on how to find a professional in your area. Um, mm -hmm. And then we talked about telehealth and yeah, I was just like, I don't know where the line is. Don't ask me. I'm also stressed. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my default is always, if you're asking the question, that's probably yeah. a good indicator. Yeah. Cause the worst thing that can happen is you could go and you could check in and go, then go, no, nah, I think you're fine. <laughs> like yeah. if someone came to me and was not in a clinical way, I would, you know, it would be unethical for me to keep them. Yeah. Right. So just, it's okay to ask. A lot of clinicians will do like free evaluations or a check-in or just something like that too, like a sliding scale thing if you're not mm -hmm. sure, especially right now. Um, so mm -hmm. like that to me is a recommendation. It is not clinical advice. So that's my fine line that I dance on. Not your therapist. Yes, that's like hashtag <laughs> not your therapist. Yeah. Hashtag, yeah. And it's one of those weird like, how do we, uh, how do we do that? I it's. I admire you both so much and I admired Megan as well of like the professionality and having those answers on jump when people surprise you with things and it's like you never know what's going to come out of the chat either because like a lot of these things I've been doing have been on streams lately especially with COVID where it's like yeah we'll take some questions from the viewers and then it's like so my cousin has depression and he's 32 and his dog just died what do we do and it's like <laughs> don't ask me that question find a professional uh, in your area telehealth yeah. is widely available yeah and it's not as weird as people yeah. think it's oh, for sure. a little more like close and personal because you're sitting in front of each other's faces because you're not recommended to sit full body in front of a camera but like it's not so weird i promise yeah promise yeah i know my my tactic is always validate first whatever i'm hearing because that'll make the redirection a little bit softer mm -hmm. and so like oh my gosh i'm so sorry to hear about your dog yeah, like pets leave really this enormous mm -hmm. hole in our heart and it just it's a special kind of pain and i'm so sorry that you guys yeah. are going through that you know if i if if a client came to me with that kind of issue i would probably recommend to them that they seek out they seek additional support you know their mm -hmm. specific pet counseling services there for the human who has depression, you know, there's these kinds of services. And, you know, if you need help finding somebody in your area, here are some main resources. And, you know, I'm sure the hosts here would be happy to help connect you as well. And so like hug mm -hmm. and then redirect. <laughs> hug push. In a loving in a, a loving way. Yes. Yes. Hug and a shove. Yes. Yeah. Especially now. I mean, six feet away. I don't know why the, the like original Grinch cartoon popped into my head just now of him like patting her on the head and scooching her boot onto bed so he can steal all their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Here's I'm your Grinch. milk. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I, am, I am the therapy Grinch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, oh, no, I'm so excited for you, Sarah, that you're, you're doing more of these because you're so knowledgeable and you have such a unique like perspective and, and skill set and space of experience that just, you know, I literally called Sarah last week saying, I need consultation. I don't know what to do. And it's, it's just so great to though. have that support. Yeah. Awesome. I recommend it. I found it helpful. Yeah. Thanks, friend. Yeah. And the only other thing I'd want to throw out there real quick is that if you're going on a show, like if you find yourself having these opportunities and mm -hmm. you either are trying to decide which ones to take or not, 
look at how prepared they are. Are they sending you questions ahead of time? You know, mm-hmm. do they have set schedules? Like that's really important because there are definitely times where I'm like, oh, I just want to be on a show. And then mm-hmm. I've definitely been either out of my league or not in the right place or been put in situations that I'm like, oh God, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. I can think of one where I was watching Rachel actually. She was on a show. That's exactly what I started thinking about. <laughs> Go on. I remember. I know exactly what you're going to say. Not, not naming names, no. but she's the guest on the show. And they, it was like, I, I only stuck around for 45 minutes. I couldn't take it anymore. She had not been able to talk yeah. in that first 45 minutes. And I'm like, mm, mm-mm, yeah. mm-mm, that's not, no, yeah. no, no, no. And so that's on a never going on Correct. list for me, even though I've never had that experience. That's that was because I saw someone else go through yeah, it. That was the that's only time absurd. I had that experience and it was terrible. <laughs> but at least Kelly was there. <laughs> Kelly and I, I think we're like texting and she was like, oh, we were I'm like, yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, when are you going to talk? <laughs> I don't know. Yikes. Um, and I, I love that our group of friends, our colleagues and everybody like attends each other's stuff. Yeah. Like we listen to each other's podcasts. We go to each other's streams when we're on stream. We'll like text and be like, hey, I'm on this Twitch tonight. And everybody will show up and ask questions. It's like we're like plants in the audience. It's great. I love it's it. It's great. So much. It makes me feel Your really squad. good. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. I and saw like, you in Randall's stream the other day, Sarah. I just had popped in and then I had to go, but I wanted to say hi. Yeah, you did. And then we were talking smack about how I, I retold the story about how last time on Brain Noodles, uh, we were talking about fandoms that we missed out on and everyone said Final Fantasy and my, I died a little bit. Um, and then we we're like, where's Sarah? But you were already gone. I did <laughs> miss out on Final Fantasy. But Kelly redeemed herself because she mentioned it in her in her, in her lecture. I did. I did. I would say as a Good game job. scholar, I may not have played all the things, but I have read. Oh. I have read so many, <laughs> which is not the same. Not the same. No. But it's kind of like Harry Potter where I'm yeah. knowledgeable, even if I have not engaged with the content as deeply as others. That shocks me still to this day. Harry Potter's <laughs> so good. I've used it in therapy though. So like, I know you enough. Know enough. <laughs> but speaking of like <laughs> popping into people's streams and you said, so you said you're on tonight? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's going to be twitch.tv slash team kitty TV. But tomorrow is April 8th. This will not be up today. So this is going to be in the past by the time the listeners hear this. It'll probably be on her Twitch for a month. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm on from 10 to 11 Eastern. So that's going to be a little week. Oh, I thought that. Oh, I'm pushing on bedtime. Um, My bedtime. I'm asleep at 10. Yeah, yes. you're definitely yeah. asleep. That's okay. No worries. Um, but I mean, I trust Gamer Doc pretty much carte blanche after seeing how she runs her stuff. Like, you asked me to be on something, I'm there. Um, and there's some people I trust with that. Like, I would trust you guys with that carte blanche. I would trust a few others. Um, and then I've heard a slew of horror stories of hosting the what's and what nots to do. Mm-hmm. Like, send people questions, folks. If you're ever going to host somebody, send them yes. questions. They will do their homework on you if they're yes. a good guest. If they are worth their clout, they will have watched some of your streams and known how you're doing your thing. Um, like, I will be doing my homework on the people that are going to be on the stream with me, and I will be doing my homework on the people before and after me. Because um, that's what you do. Good. good to know who is be- you are being associated with, yes. whether you intend to or not. Yeah. Yes. It's always, always accurate. <sighs> Yeah, like I am. Um, I'm on one tonight, which is the seventh. Ah. With um, oh. I was invited by uh, one of our streaming ambassadors, Anxiety, and so I'm going to be on. <laughs> she love her so, so much. 
it's me and M along, uh, we'll be on Behind the Streams talking about mental health in general. Um, so Behind the Streams is the name of the of the stream, which will be tonight, mm -hmm. which is the seventh. And then tomorrow in the afternoon, I'm going to be on my local NPR station. Oh, <laughs> yay! Talking about esports. Cool. Uh, Sarah mentioned esports earlier. You're amazing. And so talking to yeah, it's only slightly terrifying, but you know, it's you. It's you fine. were on Apple as a featured story, and there are small yeah. cookies. Yeah, but that wasn't live, and so oh, there's yeah. you know, there's there's live is the exciting. magic of editing. Live is the magic exciting. of editing is really empowering. You're gonna be great. Um, You're gonna be amazing. But yeah, I just tell myself there's nobody else who's gonna be on the show who knows more than I do about this, so that's fine. Accurate. You're a powerhouse. I you am something. <laughs> I'm a repository of lots of information about a wider range of topics, one of which just happens to be esports and talking about how because of the because of COVID, there's been a shift from sports fans going to games to watching mm -hmm. sports and focusing e on esports. And yeah. so what does it all mean? And what's so, it about? 90% education. So esports are not new. They have been yeah. around for a very long, they've been around for decades. They're huge in other countries like South Korea, like 80% of the people there play and engage in sports. You know, the last uh, League of Legends championship had more viewers and a larger cash pro uh, cash prize pool than the Super Bowl. You know, just mm -hmm. education, blah, 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 blah. And then opinion every now and then. That's awesome. She's good. <sighs> she knows what's up. She knows what she's doing. Don't let her fool you. <sighs> All of a sudden. Smoke and mirrors and Google it. searches. You can do it. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. It will be. It will be. Awesome. Well, shall we wrap for this week? A yeah. Shorter episode? I have um, wiki, wiki, what? Oh. I have groceries to go pick up in the middle of this pandemic. And good luck. I have a two year old who loves pizza. And at school every Friday, they would have pizza. So every day he wakes up, he's like, pizza. So I was like, all right, we'll make pizza tonight. Uh, there's no pizza dough and there's no eggs there's okay but no. you can make pizza dough i know but i really know easy it with takes butter and flour. hours no it has to rise you no. gotta do your yeast i mean i can make it no okay here's the thing here's yeah. the thing pro tip for any of y'all listeners as well as rachel out here my mom used to make us matzo pizzas what are matzo, matzo pizzas let's matzo crackers and you put the sauce and the cheese and then you broil them for like three minutes you tell him it's crunchy pizza he'll love it well I don't have any matzo crackers on hand. Well, I gotta say, when you're going shopping, no, I'm going a pickup. I'm not going in that store. But you can pick up some matzo. You can use matzo. You can use naan. You can use. I could. You could use tortilla. Kelly, tortilla. do you have a thought? I, I have options. I, I I have definitely done naan pizza, which is great. I also highly recommend recommend English muffins. Yeah, English yes. muffin pizza is pretty good. Those bagels. Good. Um, they bagels, were out of bagels French bread. too. Oh, French, bread. French bread, French bread, and if they have the the containers, like the little Pillsbury, yeah, that's true. like the crescent rolls, oh, but they have yeah. the pizza dough there. Not ideal. I don't want anybody in New York or Chicago coming after me. Not ideal, <laughs> but, but like this is a pandemic. Old. Yeah, but pizza in a blanket. Will appreciate oh my gosh. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So well, thanks, options. ladies. I thank you. Band <laughs> your mind on pizza. All right. <laughs> I believe in All you. Right. Thanks. You can pizza. You I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll send you all pictures. All right. Bye, Bye. everybody. Be, be well. Be safe, wash be your well. hands. We miss you, Megan. Wash your hands. We miss you, Megan. Bye. Don't wash your hands. <laughs> Bye. Brain Noodles is a production of Geeks Like Us. 
Your hosts for this podcast are Drs. Megan Connell, Kelly Dunlap, Rachel Cowart, and Sarah Sawyer. Music for this podcast is The Life of Riley by Kevin McLeod. Audio edited, mixed, and mashed by Amelia Herbst. Follow Geeks Like Us on Twitter at G33KS, like us, that's at G33KSLIKEUS. Until next time, keep noodling.